All right, we're back again. I'm Bill Caswell. I'm here with Anders Green, and we're doing a little format we called Old Tech, New Tech. Basically, yeah. Right, exactly. You know, you're laughing, Anders. You know exactly what this is. Carburetors versus fuel injection. This is... Uh... I hate one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, there's... Radial you know... versus bias ply tires. I hate one of those. Traction control versus the human. Uh, sequential gearboxes, paddle shift. Uh, versus DS... H-pattern. Yeah. Do I hate clutch? one of those. Yep, versus manual, right? Like, bring back the manuals. Mm-hmm. The manuals kind of suck. I mean, they do. Uh, but I love that. Yeah, exactly. You've like, just made one million enemies. Totally. Imagine a motorcycle was an automatic. Like, would anyone ride it? Uh, you mean a scooter? <laughs> that would be what it is, isn't it? <laughs> scooters are automatics, aren't yeah, they? they are. Yeah, I know. You know what they say about scooters, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're, if you don't know the joke, I'm not, I'm not sure I can really say it here, but they say scooters are uh, like something. They're fun to ride until your friends see you on them. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Those old skis. <laughs> yes. Scooters <laughs> are like old skis. They're fun to ride until your friends see them. Anyway, new tech, old tech. So, Anders, a um, little bit of background on you, right? You've got a, uh, a dual sport motorcycle, but you also have a Ducati fancy touring type motorcycle. Right, like one that is uh, definitely uh, optimized for uh Gravel road travel. Which is a little bit kind of like, in a way, old tech. Like, single piston, rip the dirt roads, even if it's a fancy bike. Yeah, yeah. And the other one, uh, Ducati, you know, Desmodromach and weirdo valve timing and yeah, blah, blah, right. blah. It has and that stuff still? It, it, do all Ducatis still run those Desmodronic? I, I don't think they all do. Just the fancy yeah. motor ones? But, I mean, mine is, uh, mine's like five, eight, five, six years old. And it has, like, even that bike as a touring bike. Has like three different settings of like, what do you want the braking to be like? What do you want the fuel map to be like? What do you want the the power, uh, you know, power boosting to be like? The rev line, all that stuff, and it's, uh, uh, you know, like a little bit ridiculous for I just want to you know go down this road and maybe go super fast. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but what I was trying to do is give some background, right? So you had some like old rally cars that were super low tech and they were just manuals uh, and whatever. And you've oh. got a new car with tons of tech and like you yeah. have a bit of both. It's not like uh, it's not like some of my friends from New Hampshire that are like all old tech. Like they heat their house with a wood burning stove and they like carbureted machines and they, you know what I mean? They'd rather ride a train than take an airplane or I'm, I'm making yeah, stuff up. Absolutely. I mean, I, I started rallying. Uh, you know, off the stage rallying anyway in uh, in in a truck, like an old mini truck. It was a Mitsubishi, like one of those uh, uh, Dodge Ram fifties. Wait, wait, wait. It would it have an SCCA tag on the cage? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Old. Do you know where it went? Uh, it, it's being run still. It's the it's the it's the white rally truck that's that's still running. Okay, because we ended up with a, a rally Mini Max from O'Neill Rally School in the driveway with an SCCA cage on it. Mm-hmm. from rallying that we were playing around. There's no way that was your truck. I don't know. There was there were like two on this coast. Okay, so we had the other one. Yes. We were just like Aaron bought it, and we were playing around with it. Things cool. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, it's like super low tech. What does it have? Uh, it's just indestructible. Otherwise, it's got nothing. You know, it's got uh, a carburetor and and trans- and, and uh, a, a low gearing. That's it. And then, you know, I went to uh, a, a Subaru. I put in uh, an H6 engine with six-speed 
transmission and adjustable diffs and blah, blah, blah. It's an H6 at the three liter six cylinder one. The three liter six cylinder. But then you put like an aluminum flywheel on it, made it all lightweight and made it rev, right? If it's the right same car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you know, okay. A, a bunch of computers. Yeah, I was like the first guy in the world to get the six cylinder transplant because I put it into the tiny little two door car. Oh, wow. Yeah. It yeah, was, Subaru fans are probably going nuts right now. Like, that's what I want to build. I know, and it is awesome. Yeah, it was. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, what I was trying to get a feel for is that, like, you're not a new tech guy. You're not an old tech guy. You're kind of a blend of everything. I, well, I, I mean, I've, you know what I mean? I've, like, I've rebuilt carburetors. You know, I've, I've had cars with carburetors. You I, also write a lot of computer code. Yeah, I, I do. You know, I, I built a lot of, uh, all, you know, apps and, and, and web hosting and, and embedded. I mean, electrical engineering right. is my degree, right? So, yeah, I, I've designed like computer vision systems. So it was a computer vision system, like all of the AI stuff in cameras. I, that's the work I used to do. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like big brother stuff. No, not big brother. Yeah. More. I'm blaming you. Well, no, I'm just joking. You gotta I'm, just blame somebody. I'm just goofing off. I guess what I'm getting at is with this old tech, new tech feature. When I have someone on for an interview, it's important for the people listening at home to understand, right? You got to set the dial. Yeah. Like, are you a carburetor guy? Or are you a fuel injection guy? If you had to choose, ah, uh, you know, for that, I would have to say I'm a fuel injection guy. In all scenarios? In uh, excluding, uh, like, uh, electromagnetic pulse, yes. <laughs> oh, EMPs. Yeah, yeah. And excluding EMPs, I'm all about some EFI. So uh, I, I think that you know, with this particular discussion, uh, what we're going to find is a lot of people are going to draw that line in a different spot. Yeah, I'm just starting with carburetor right. fuel injection is like the baseline. Right. Right. So I, I had an MG way back and you know, MGB nineteen seventy. I was gonna ask which one. Yeah. Yep. And you know, definitely that's like, you know, dual carburetors and tuning and blah blah blah. Dual carburetors though is like old school high tech. I, true. <laughs> and I was actually like pretty excited about the idea of like having those uh uh, twin like tubes that, that had the flow meters. And... Yeah, so you, you do the sinking thing where yeah. you sink them. Yeah, hey, I got a set of those in the basement for the Lotus. I tried doing it. I'm like, this is so dumb. Yeah, and so yeah, it is very much the the oldest of high tech stuff. But I'm like, okay, this is this is neat, but <laughs> I don't like want that on my leaf blower, right? Oh, yeah, I'm like, ah, really? I, I like for the third season in a row. In the in the springtime, I'm taking this carburetor apart and rebuilding it because it got soaked in gas. Well, and, I just hate myself. And I'm like, I'm 46, right? So I never really got to enjoy carburetors. Mm-hmm. But my hunch is that when we had carburetors, our gasoline was probably better. Mm-hmm. We're in Illinois right now, and we have weird corn laws where like there's got to be a lot of ethanol in the fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a nightmare, right? For carbs, that's what comes. Oh, yeah, it's gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. right. So if you don't use your carb like every week, it yeah. starts to like gum up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, like, the world's changed with fuel injection. So, you, you try to run carb stuff, it's, like, maybe not a happy place. It, it's not as enjoyable as it used to be. That's and what I mean. It, it's more like, oh, this again. <laughs> oh, this again. Yeah, that that's my personal feeling. So, when I got... Uh, when I got my dual sport bike, <gasps> yeah, my criteria was it had to be EFI. Because at the time, 
I was like, I'm doing all this work on my rally car, which I was enjoying. Mm-hmm. But for this other hobby, I do not want to be mechanicing on it. I want to be riding it. That was like the choice I made is like, I'm not doing like full on old school mechanic work in all of my hobbies. That was where. Yeah. I consider dual sports to be, people are going to hate me for this. Like old school tech, old tech. It's like a, it's like a horse with an engine. Yeah, they are not, uh, you generally are not going to find like a bunch of carbon fiber stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. A bunch of lightweight stuff. Yeah. A bunch of high compression stuff. Right. Because the whole idea is you need to be able to like drop it in a river and then like push it out to the other side, turn it upside (laughs) down and keep riding after you drained it out, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's not going to happen with anything that's super tech. That's right. Yeah. But you wanted a super, you wanted a high tech Old school, yeah. Bike. I, I wanted a high tech but relatively uh, durable bike. So, and even there, you look at most dual sport bikes. Uh, they have relatively low compression. You know, they aren't high strung engines. You don't measure the the runtime in hours. You use miles. You know, so that's <laughs> the dual sport I bought is measured in hours. Yeah, that, that's that's one I didn't buy. I bought a BMW with fuel ejection, Olins, and different ECU maps and. Yeah, yeah mine, mine was like the most complicated dual sport I could find. Mine is like a lightweight <laughs> tractor. <laughs> Fair enough. Wait, what'd you get? Is it KLR? Husqvarna. Oh, dude, it's a chainsaw. We've, yeah. been, we've been through this on a. <laughs> we've been through this before. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a Swedish chainsaw. Yeah, ch- Swedish know, chainsaw yeah. motorcycle. I just anytime anyone has like a Husqvarna, because they're nice yeah. bikes. Mm-hmm. I just like to basically refer to it as like a really simple tool that cuts trees down. Yeah, like oh yeah, your bike's real cool, dude. Yeah. Cut, yeah. Okay, so so it, uh, so that's 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 bikes. If we if we jump back to cars, yeah, uh, new tech, old tech, uh, you know, even there, I think we're seeing a lot of you know one one place where new tech is really jumping out, where I think a lot of people are going to draw a line and have an opinion, is uh, the steering wheel power assist, old tech hydraulic versus new tech electric. You're pretty smart, dude. It's like all the journalists. That's all they harp on. When we went to the electric steering columns. Everyone's yeah. like, can't feel anything. These things suck. And now when you see any of the re- reviews, like Jason Camisa's reviews, they're yep. basically about steering feel and how good the steering system is and which gen it is from which supplier. And he's probably, I think he knows the most about this. And it's like what everyone harps on is the cars, they've gotten really techie and it's kind of ruined it. And so this is an interesting problem. You're like, as a, you know, an engineer that's done a little bit of fluid dynamics, I can absolutely see how running a big ass hydraulic pump at full speed when you're going straight on the highway, you're like, well, that's obviously useless. And you can save so much. It can be so much more efficient by doing electrically. But this is not a thing that is esoteric. Wait, hold on real quick. Segway on this. Yeah. So um, back in the old production races. And like IMSA Firehawk days, mm-hmm. and they had to run like stock cars at racetracks. Right. The standard thing was basically rip the impeller out of your power steering. So you uh-huh. run, you run a manual rack, and your arms are dying. Right. But you're not running that power steering pump, and you just freed up like whatever. And no tech inspector on the planet ever opened up the power steering pump right. to see if the impeller was still inside. Right. You just freewheel it on the pulley mm-hmm. and muscle that goddamn rack. Yeah. And let the fluid pump back through the pump and whatever, so you can you know lock the rack. Right. But that was like the oldest cheater trick ever in production racing. And either some teams just didn't do it and didn't know about it, 
Right. Yeah, but I found out because I bought some engines, and sure enough, the, the <laughs> pellet was gone. Yeah, there's just nothing inside. Like you open the power steering pump, there's nothing in there. So anyway, yeah. but you're correct in that um, but miles per gallon. Yeah, everything about it's great, but it kind of works us. So it, it looks great on paper. Okay, so old school tech for steering. But but here's what I wanted to say oh, yeah, is sorry. is that yeah. you, you mentioned the reviews uh, from the car guys. Yeah, and we know you know. Car guys uh, that are, car, you know, editors and that stuff, they are expressly, like, trying to be, you know, Snarky. in tune with this oh. kind of thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Every little problem is sort of, like, magnified because it's their thing. Yeah, most people wouldn't even realize their rack's electric. Well, and so here's Assisted. the... Right. Here's the interesting thing is, I've got a buddy, his name's Robbie, good friend of mine, fellow engineer, um, but even even he... And he's not a, you know, he's not a race car driver. He likes his BMW, but even he is like, man, there is no way I am buying one of these new ones. I like, I have one of the older ones. It's hydraulic, and I love the way it feels. Yeah. And some people in his family have one of the newer ones, and he's like, it is horrible. And he's not like, a, he doesn't have a racing license. He doesn't have a time trial license. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not doing autocross. He's not a save the manuals enthusiast. Like. No. He's just, I love BMWs, I like driving, and I can tell. And I'm like, this is kind of a serious issue. If a guy who's like a non-racing enthusiast can actually feel the difference so much that they don't want to buy your new car, that's kind of like... A problem. A problem. Okay, so steering, old tech. What about all the new tech on the car? You like the dashboards, the... uh... Uh, ice or whatever info, whatever the stupid things are. Do you like the, you know, the Bluetooth and radios and navigation and a dash full of buttons? And like, do you want to be like an F-16 fighter plane with like heads up display? Like Darth Vader's bathtub or yeah, like Night Rider 2000? Darth Vader's bathtub. <laughs> no, but <clears throat> seriously though, like, like, you know, what do you think about like all the tech? You sit in a car, forget about the, the mechanical part of it. What about all the dashboards and the LED dashes and... I think that the... Or do the, you even care? The relatively new stuff where it's like there's a big screen and there's no actual physical dials. It, like it, a Tesla. There's like this. No, not, not, not quite to Tesla, not lit, but one where there's a dashboard, but all the dials are like, you know, computer generated, right? Like it's a graphic. Right. Right? So, But it's a... You're talking about between the steering wheel. Like between like, the... Yeah, inside, you're looking through the steering yeah, wheel. Just the part the driver sees. Just the part the driver sees, and that is a screen, and the tack and the speed are, are graphically generated dials. I think that is pretty great because of the multi-mode setup you can do. You're like, all right, if you put it in sport mode, and all it shows me is a tack. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And when you're putting it in cruise mode and it shows me, you know, more about like lane assist and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or infra- infrared of deer coming in off the side right, of the road or whatever what, it is. Right. Whatever it is. Like lasers shooting out there. You got the LIDAR. Whatever you got yeah, going. Yeah, whatever. But you've seen those, right? Where yeah. Like they, yep. There's a deer a mile down the road and it shows up like yeah. morning and it pops up on your center dash. And So in, in that sense, I think that the it's – I would definitely say new tech for that because I think it is easier to present the information you need to see – if it is optimized for the task that you're doing at the moment, right? Whereas before, when we wanted to convert something to a race car, of course we want to see the tack. So we have to put in like a huge tack right front and center because we know that's our task. But we can do that in software now, and I'm, and I'm cool with that. 
<laughs> okay. And obviously everyone loves Bluetooth stereo as you run your phone into the thing. Right? But uh, like... I feel like uh, Bluetooth has like just recently, because we've it, it's been around for like 10, 15 years. Like just recently, you're like, oh, it actually works. That's <laughs> nice. It should. <laughs> uh, you um, Again, right. My biggest problem now is like uh, I'll be talking to like a friend of mine yeah. or like um, talking to a girl. And mm-hmm. We're all going to dinner. Yep. And I'm in the back car and I'm following my mom in like her car. Mm-hmm. And we pull up to the light and mid conversation, my phone pairs to my mom's car. And pumps my entire conversation into her car. And it always takes about like 40 seconds before you realize like you're not connected anymore. Right. Right. And your mom's now listening to like the girl you're dating. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Bluetooth needs to somehow know which car you're in. And uh, it also needs to know who you're talking to and how secure that conversation <clears throat> needs to be. And then on the flip side of it, if you guys are ever on road trips, uh-huh. pair your phone to your friend's car at the gas station. Right, get up alongside them and make a phone call, and it'll just pump into their car out of nowhere, and they'll have no idea where it's coming from. That would I mean, be pretty good. it's pretty funny when you think yeah, about it, it right? Is. It is like road trip games. Okay, yeah. So uh, old it's, tech, new tech. It sounds like almost everything in the car you like is new tech. Ah, uh, now let's talk traction control, driver assist, ABS. I mean. Uh, ABS, I think, you know, the stats are in on that. Uh, I think it's probably, you know, useless for most people unless you train to actually engage it. Uh, maybe it's not useless for most people, uh, but I mean, or always steer, just put your foot down. Yeah. And in the panic, I mean, they found that in the panic, right? You're on the brakes. Yeah. And people will still try to steer away. Right. They target fixate. Yeah. They'll still try to steer away from the accident. Yeah. I, I should rephrase. I think that ABS is a lot more useful if you've actually like engaged it, like it, like like in, a, in like or like yeah. Like so let's go the out first and, time my mom hit it. She like got off the pedal and the car nearly right, crashed. Like, she's like, "Why is it bouncing at me?" Go out and do some threshold braking, and and so that's good. And we know that in gravel, mm-hmm. you, ABS sucks. Yeah, you got to disable that. And even on ice, for like a real driver, both you and I would probably rather have the pedal. Uh, I'd rather have a pedal. I'd rather the pedal, and, not ABS. Well, and studded tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. even if you didn't have studded right. tires, like you got a rental car and you're up in the mountains. Yeah, I don't want ABS. I no, don't, me neither. That's not going to help. That's nope, not, that is not, not going to help me. That is just going to put me into the ditch gently. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to. <laughs> and it's going to put you into the part of the ditch that you wanted to go to. Yeah. Like yeah. you can steer your way right into the ditch. Yeah. But in a panic situation, the pouring rain, where you're like not paying attention, maybe mm-hmm. going down the highway. And a car comes out of nowhere and you grab the brakes, mm-hmm. I still get caught off guard. Yep. Like if I'm not in like race mode, I'm not up in the mountains in the snow having fun, and I'm just chilling on the highway and someone bounces off the median and I got a panic stop. Yeah. I found the ABS has like saved me an insane amount of times. Yeah. Because I don't have time to threshold brake. I just move my foot over, I get my eyes corrected, and I'm already into the ABS and I'm still steering. On- so so it's like yeah. As a driver, it sucks, but as an emergency, maybe it's good. Oh, I think it, I think it's good. It's just that I think you and I tend to end up in uh, in some particular situations where it's it it it's not built for that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's all it is. And we're the one percent in that category. Yeah. So. Uh, for for things like lane assist, uh, currently, have you ever played with that? I have. Yep. I only had it once. I've had it in in like a few of the newer like rental cars I've had, and I'd have to say not a fan. 
Yeah, it's weird. Do you get the bumps of the seats and all I, that stuff? I get like it's either like bumps in the in the steering wheel, like yeah, or like a little ding ding, or chimes in the mirror, or but I have not yet found that it is smart enough to help me do what I'm trying to do. Like like I'd be driving like on a on a like a curvy secondary you're, you're, road. Wait, you're saying that you don't have trouble uh, keeping your car in the lane on the highway? Like well, it's kind of the stupidest thing on the planet. Like well, if you can't keep your car between the lines on a highway, like you probably shouldn't be driving. Right, but here's the thing: is like it's still trying to do it. Like when I'm driving on like Route yeah. Two, yeah. Like and I'm I'm like I'm Wait, what's not Route going, Two. That's the one like up in Maine that goes to Bethel. I know from, for I'm, I'm for the one through Gorham, the, the one from uh, right, yeah, Mount Washington into right where we Waterville. Right from like uh, maybe. Waterville or Augusta going over to uh, Sunday River Ski Mountain. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so it's a it's not a highway. It's a two lane road and it's kind of twisty, but it's also it's, awesome. it's got some towns. <laughs> and you're going around a corner and you're like, I'm not going off the road. Uh, it's just that I'm close to that line, and it's like, duck, 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 and you're like, oh. can't you like turn it off, or did you get out of control and like, does it? You know, like stability control where you shut it off. Yeah, you can turn it off. Yeah, but you got to go into the stupid thing, go into the stupid thing. Yeah, it is annoying. But I mean, the point was that just for me, it was not helping me do a better job driving. Now, secondary, like otherwise, one of the new things that out that's out that I really do like for new tech is the uh, adaptive cruise control. And ooh, I ha- like with the lasers and the radar. I'm, ones. Uh, I think this one was using it doing vision, and. What do you mean doing vision? Like, oh, I can see the cars up there, and I'm what? just gonna stay over here. I think it's like it uses like lasers or radars. So I had a, uh, a one of the new Hyundai's, and it had full like cameras all the way around it, so it could do that crazy like almost overhead style parking. Oh, assistant. that's cool, right? So, so I think it was using that for its adaptive range. Uh, uh, following, uh, I'm just picking on you, like, right? Like vision and making fun of you. Because you're, like, you're like a really smart dude. You yeah, computer science degrees. You right. worked in the camera tech stuff. Yeah, so, so I, you're like, you can see it. I'm like, all right, Anders. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to pick so, on you. So, I, well, I was thinking. I'm, well, I was looking. Around, does it have like lidar sensors? Does it have radar sensors? No. So I think it's doing vision analysis. So, um, <laughs> and so what I could do with that, and and I don't live like in uh, in California with like the I five traffic, but mm-hmm. in Raleigh Durham there is one stretch uh, of of highway in our state that's about ten miles long, and that's the only place there that really has bad traffic jams, and it's once a day from going from Research Triangle Park down to Raleigh and back. And what you could do is you could get on the highway, and which is kind of bumper to bumper sometimes, sometimes all the way down to stopped. And it manages the the bumper to bumper. You set the cruise control to seventy five, and touch nothing. It will slow all the way down to stopped, and then keep going once it once the traffic starts moving again, and you aren't touching brakes or gas. And it brakes in a comfortable manner that you're cool with. Yes, for the first like three days, I had my foot hovering like over the brake, like oh oh oh, is it? Oh oh okay okay, it did it did. And it was, like, kind of magical. After three days, I trusted it. It's like, it could manage. You know, so it's like, if you if you want, if the traffic moved quickly, it would get up to 75 where I set it. And then if there was braking and it, and it slowed down, and it would just slow down to 65, 45, 35, putt, putt, putt. Okay, stopped. Okay, go. It would stop the car to a complete stop. Yes, dead stop. Yep, dead stop. 
So it'll work in like uh, red lights traffic. Uh, yeah. So if you stopped for more than like uh, three, four seconds, it resets. You had to like touch the gas and to get it, it to start again. And, and then and, it'll go back up to 75. Yep. Yeah. You didn't have to like drive it up 75. It was just like, okay, you're telling me to go. I will go now. I, I should probably get a new car at some point. So just try one maybe. Well, really, okay, yeah, just, on, rent, just rent one. Right. So, so that is definitely tech where I'm like, you know, this is as useful to me as cruise control was coming in. Yeah, in the beginning, you go cross country, you put that cruise control on. It was really, really nice. Right. If, if I had any kind of uh, like a serious commute, like if I lived up near you know, New York City or Boston or you know, Philadelphia or California then I would definitely be like, this is a technology that is, that is uh, an actual improvement in my life. So I'm, I'm willing to, you know, to, to, you know to spend that money. I was like, this is actually worth getting. Like my, if I bought a new car, I would, I would say, yeah, that'd be a thing I want. I'm back. I disappeared from more Mescal. Yeah. Um, but not on the latest. I don't have cruise control. My M3, mm-hmm. you know, that, that M button that you saw on the wheel. Yep. I'm like really pissed off. Like, I spend more time in my M3 going from here to Maine, and now I go to California. Mm-hmm. I just want cruise control, right? Like, you're I, talking about, like, LiDAR and video adapting, whatever. My car is so simple in some regards. Right. It's an 06, and it was, like, kind of fancy or whatever, but, like... Yeah, no cruise control. Yeah. There's no cruise control. Well, and... Well, it's a driver's car. I mean, in the same way that my motorcycle does not have cruise control, and I'm pretty okay with that. Do motorcycles, other than the big goings, have cruise control? Some of them do, yeah. Like the big ones. The big ones do, yeah. Like the road trippy ones, like full dressers or whatever and stuff. Right, yeah, like a, yeah, like a, a big six-cylinder Honda or cruiser bike will have that. But, but it, it's like, look, you're on a motorcycle. It's a rolling death trap. you got to pay attention, like... To yeah, yeah, that's a good point, maybe. But but that's why I bring this up, right? Like I'm, I consider myself, as do you, like an enthusiast, a driver enthusiast. Like we love our analog, like driver machines. Like I have one, and it should be just about driving in the White Mountains and Route Two and all that. Right. But man, I still want like the fancy stuff. I just don't want to tell anyone I have it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, like everyone, not that I don't want to tell anyone, but it's like they try to make it a driver's car, and it's like, can't you make it a driver's car? And give me the luxury of a road trip car. Oh, you can. It'll just be less of both. I mean, right. that's so. I mean, this is like a lesson that I picked up when I was, uh, like maybe seventeen or eighteen. I, I used to do a lot of snowboarding, and again, we're new tech or old tech, right? So back then, you know, we're going back to uh, you know mid late eighties. Is you had snowboards with soft boots. That were like we're used to, but also snowboards yeah. that had hard boots, right? That you like click into, and they had the forward double ones, like normal slalom boots or the slalom monoski. Oh yeah, yeah, those were nuts. Um, so I had uh, you know, and they had uh, freestyle boards, and then they had super high tech race boards, right? So I was fortunate enough that I had uh, I had two snowboards, one soft boot snowboard that was a freestyle setup, twin tip, you know, could go frontwards and backwards. Which is what we know now, right? Like, it's basically the, the industry now. That's, like, the most common thing these days. Right. And then I also had uh, a race board that was, like, you know, hard boot, ski boot setups, click-in bindings, super precision, That's you know, really awesome. narrow, uh, you know, asymmetrical design, and... It was designed, you know, just for carving and uh, like super G, right? 
And the the real lesson I got out of that is, holy shit, something that is optimized for one thing kicks ass at one thing. There was no way I could get one board that was as good as either board if it was trying to do both. And I feel that there's a lot of the same way with with cars and any engineering project. Yeah, but you chose the one thing I can't argue against, right? Like skis, <laughs> right? Skis, snowboards, right? Like, you're absolutely right. Like, the arc, the curve, the way they're designed. But, like, how hard is it just to put a button? Like, forget all the LiDAR and the... Right. How, why can't I just have, like, I put my car to thing... And press a button yeah. and it holds speed. I mean, I've already yeah. got electronic throttles, right? Keep right. in mind the M3's already got electronic throttle bodies. Yep. There's a motor. I'm driving by wire. Yeah, it, it's totally doable, right? Like I, I, I should be able to rig a switch on there that just says maintain voltage to throttle bodies and just cut the computer out and yeah. just give the throttle bodies a voltage for 65 miles an hour. I should be able to rig the car by cutting out the throttle body circuit and just putting the voltage that what I want. And it would weigh the cost of a switch... And like two wires, and I could cruise control cross country or, whatever speed I set. Or maybe I not even a dial. I could have a voltage dial. You yeah. turn the voltage up, and I get more speed. And turn the voltage down, I get less speed because it's opening the bodies to keep it. Yeah. Good. I mean, you wouldn't even need a switch if you had like, oh, I just hold this button extra long, and it turns on cruise control, right? Well, yeah. But then you have a little computer for cruise control. Right. Computer's already like, in there, though. Right. right. And, but and this I think, is where I'm going is that I think that the designers who engineer these products for us, mm-hmm. they design it for a certain customer. Yeah. And there's very few people that are like, I want a shifter cart that I can road trip in. Or, right. Or, right. Like I want a driver's car. That also but, has a bunch of heated seats and yeah, extra air conditioning right. and a massage back. And you're like, wait a minute. That's not the thing that you want. Well, those, to do add other thing. those add weight. Right. But I can have like all the Bluetooths and I can have all the cruise controls. They don't what? Need. You have a radio in there? Yeah, maybe subwoofers. <laughs> what? I keep thinking like, well, I could probably pull like 50 pounds out of the back if I drop the subs. Yeah. Yeah, but I like my house music. Yeah. Okay, so so you're, and what I'm hearing is when it comes to cars, new tech, new tech, new tech, new tech. Uh, Provided you can disable the driver's control, driver's aids, like uh, stability control, traction control. I, I would say I'm mostly a, a new tech guy, but I haven't been doing a lot of uh, like race car prep lately. So here's the thing. If you said, Anders, do you want to, you know, you are about to go racing. What is your opinion now? I'd say, well, I got to change the position of that dial. I'd say like 1995, bro. <laughs> that is actually exactly the year of, my, of the last rally car I built. It was the last year before ODB2. Right, exactly. Right, right. OBD2 screwed everything. Right. Like, I would be happy with a lot of uh, more recent new tech if I was like, I could also get this car inspected and and plugged in and, like, use an aftermarket ECU that is, like, ten times the performance of what stock. Like, you know, way more flexible, blah, 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 and also spits out ODB2 and is, uh, you know, a a 2012 car. I'd be all into that. Like, like it has a switch and it's like... Flip it this way, and it's like MoTeC in full race. Flip it the other way, and it's like OEM, and you take it to the inspection facility, and it yeah. like passes all the tunes. Yeah, because like, you're no. like, the engine is tight, right? There's not like, like It's not like the engine's leaking oil into its thing. No, like, no, right? no. You're not, so you're, it should pass emissions. We know that the engine is good. Yeah, yeah, this is for all the environment. Anders is like really a good dude with lots of integrity, and like is like, he's trying to like be like, I would never do something that would hurt the environment just for my own personal benefit, which I would argue is true about you. Right? 98% true. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to get at is like, 
Yeah, absolutely. If I could, once I'm at an event at an autocross or a racetrack, flip a switch and go back to the basics of engine control and have the way I want, cool. Yeah. Right. But it's nice to have the OBD2 for the, not just to pass the law for inspections, but right. to meet all the modern requirements while driving on road. Well, I, I think that you know, when we talk about uh, things like ODB2 and, and race engines, what, what, what you and I know is that a well-tuned motor that is taken care of, like a race engine that's, that's ready, that's not going to be, you know, an engine that is like destroying the environment. It's not, it's not spitting out a bunch of unburnt fuel. We want the fuel. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying we are spending thousands of dollars to make sure we burn every last molecule Not only that we're buying really expensive super pure fuel yeah yeah it burns really clean we're not like oh yeah i don't care if half of it goes out unburnt that that's not our plan don't you wish the lawmakers were just like you know what the solution to this is race fuel let's just give everyone really pure gasoline so the emissions are really clean i mean honestly you could almost go that way yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's nah, a, nah, nah, it, nah, it, nah. it's okay. too expensive. So I, I get off tangent because of the mess cup. So, yeah. All right. So uh, so for 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 a race car, I'm like, ah, do I want a bunch of driver aids? No, or I, even some of the anti theft that prevents you from just like oh, moving, I, swapping motors. Yeah, that is a like I need this key tied to, tied to this ECU, and I'm like, uh, like dudes, I bought this engine out of a car that was totaled, and and that key. You know, is like gone. it's three hundred feet underwater somewhere on the bridge, or you know, who, like who knows where that is. Je- Jeff Block, Speedy Cop, builds all those crazy lemons cars, like the uh, inverted thing and the and the plane car and all the crazy cars for lemons. Yep. He uh, showed the date yard race like a week ago with a BMW six fifty, like two year old car, three year old uh-huh. car, like beautiful machine, and I I don't think it was in. It maybe it was in a small accident. I forget what the deal, the damage was, but there were no keys for it. Mm-hmm. And so no one could start the engine. And it had a minor accident. That's what it was. I mean, like rear ended. Right. So the rear bumper was trashed and there was no keys. Right. And he paid like nothing for it. And he brought it to the event. He's like, $3,000. Take it home with you. It's got like a brand new BMW engine. 650 manual, beautiful paint, awesome doors, Just perfect interior, and no one wants it. Because we all know that without those damn keys, no one's ever going to be able to turn that engine on. Yeah. Like, the world's changed to where we can't even, like, power it up unless, and I looked at him and I go, man, why don't we just cut all this crap off and just weld a carburetor into the manifold? Yeah. Old tech. Yeah, and, and that's... Put a fuel pump into it. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he's like, I thought about doing that. We tried that. It's such a pain. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. it's just funny how. Okay, well, I, I think I have one one last new tech old tech story, and and I'm gonna like uh, get a little historic and Ooh. well, kind of like personal history. Okay. So this is my uh, I th- I think what is my first exposure to new tech old tech and the, and the problems associated with it is when we got the second. VCR we had ever owned. <laughs> I I remember these days so well. VCHS, Betamax. Yeah. I so, loved these years. So, so go on. Yeah. So, as you know, VHS way back, uh, you know, I don't know, mid like 1984 or something. And we, we got a VCR and it was super cool. And, um, <gasps> Which did you start with? Do you have VHS or Betamax? We have VHS. So, so you went right to the technology that won. 
Yes. Even though the resolution wasn't as high. Well, I think we ours came out like before uh before beta. Like we had the first VHS machine in the town of Waterville. That's rad. <laughs> Cuz my dad was like, "I am not having my kids stay up to watch TV. If this is what it takes to make that happen, we will record that and they can watch it in the afternoon." Your That's dad too late. Exceptionally smart though. Uh, yeah. wait, but this is like we're talking like 1979. Like was it a Magnavox? Do you remember the brand? I I don't. But so here was the thing. Yeah, yeah. We got the second one, and of course, it had a clock on it. Mm. And we all remember the blinking 12 <laughs> o'clock, right? <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. So I started laughing. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to set that. I'm like looking at the instructions and read And I, you know, I'm like, I don't know what, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kid. And, and, I t- and I say, Dad, you, know, you, you want to set the clock? You want to see how this works? And he's like, No, no, I, I, I don't want to be bothered. But it was key to programming the recording times. Right. So this was my first exposure to new tech, old tech. And what I, you know, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later, what I realized is that there is an aspect of like, am I going to see this technology like come and go out of my life and like just be one more of a bunch of things that it's like, ugh. Do I have to learn this too to get done what I want to get done? And so, you know, an interesting thing is like like these days, even just as podcast, podcasts, or like building your own website. Yep. How many like like I have actually learned how to program in programming languages that are basically not in existence anymore. Like people don't use those, and I'm like, I learned all that stuff, built all those things, and those are now gone. And that's like a new tech, old tech that is like. Uh, do I have to learn how to program the clock in this car? How long am I going to have this car? Do I need to spend half an hour doing this? Or well, do I need, even need to bother? Uh, my mom's Lexus is an analog clock and a digital clock. Uh-huh. And I think you program the digital and it sets the analog. Uh-huh. I don't know. The whole thing's like really bizarre. So you're like in a menu with the touchscreen and a little mouse and you change stuff. And all of a sudden like a digital clock over here changes and the analog thing starts. Well, I don't know. It's It's just... Clocks are clocks forever or an old tech, new tech thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, and I'm not sure where that is going to, I've, I've kind of given up. Right. I've on given on up. some things. Yeah. Right? Like cars, new tech. Don't care. I'm not going to learn how to like hack a Siemens ECU or whatever and try to figure out how to like start the motor up. You know right. what I mean? Like, like that's just beyond me. Well, like here's a reasonable question. Uh, Bill Caswell, do you own any CAN bus tools to read the data going back and forth on a CAN bus? So annoying. I need to buy one. Like, I'm really upset. So I can't actually change the clutch on my M3 without that. You're saying you need to buy one. I can't change the clutch on my M3 without it. Do you know that they're considering switching over to Ethernet and getting rid of CAN bus? I don't really care. I just need the stupid computer that plugs into my M3. So when I change the clutch, because yeah, guys, I have SMG, so you can hate on me all you want, but I like it. But so so I can't change the clutch until I can turn tell the computer to do stuff. And on a little random tangent here, yeah. When if you've never seen this before, uh, when I change the uh, the SMG pump sucks, and it's like a problem with BMWs, and the pump's like five grand repair at the dealer, thirty five hundred for the part, fifteen hundred to swap it all. Erton Electric out in California will sell you a new internal rotor winding thing for the electric motor, which is what fails on the pump. Uh-huh. The mechanical part's awesome. So you take the thing out of the car, you take the whole thing apart. They sold me this little thing. I stuck it in there. I made them sell me the brushes. I put the brushes in. I soldered the new connections on. 
I did everything like super analog and old school and rebuilt the electric motor on the pump for like $200. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I couldn't start the car or power it up because I didn't have the goddamn CAN bus thing, which hooks in the computer to bleed, to bleed all the valves in the stupid pumpy thing. Right. Right. So then I had it towed over to my friend's house or shop and he hooks it up and the computer uses the ABS pump to lock all the brakes and then turns the car on and then puts in gear and starts letting the clutch out. So we're standing there and the car's got the brakes on. I I hate this so much. I'm like, Uh Ben, move the computer out from the front of the car. Like if the brakes give free, the thing kills our legs. He's like, no, this is how it works. And so the computer is telling the M3 to lock all its brakes uh-huh. And then it keeps letting the clutch out and touching the friction point right. until it learns where the friction point is. It does it like five times. Right. But I'm standing there and watching a car rev up its er, odor er, and er. let the clutch out and run the clutch against the brake pedal. I'm like, this is nuts. I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. Like, this is why manuals are awesome with the SMG. So anyway, it's like, I feel like it was like Terminator stuff. Like, computer's right. talking to my car. The car's turned on. The car's driving. It's putting itself in a gear, giving it throttle. Like, and. I feel old. Well, and and would you be so upset if in, you know, five years you ended up getting, you know, whatever your next couple of cars are and they didn't have CAN bus and you're like, huh, I guess I missed that. I guess oh. I missed the whole CAN bus thing. I And I don't even need to learn it. I'm just want to buy like the hacked software for like 300 bucks and run on some crappy oh. laptop and I'll just keep it like basically on the shelf like for just that clutch. Here's another good example of exactly this kind of thing is all of that uh, weirdo mechanical fuel injection that Audi and VW had. And BMW, dude, the 2002 TAI Clutch Felger, Clutch, Clutch Felger fuel, mechanical fuel injection. Right. And when it came out, that was all super new tech, right? And how cool was all this new like stuff? But aren't you kind of glad that like you missed out? I, like I've, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I never had to mess with that. Especially after reading like uh, Donahue and the Unfair Advantage, how I do have a Porsche with the 917 and tune all the mechanical fuel injection. Uh-huh. Also, at the time, the 70s, all the BMW independent shops and the guys going on the track, uh-huh. they ripped all that stuff off, but on dual Webers. Right. Right. All that TII, Clutch Felger, like mechanical fuel injection just went upstairs in the rafters. Mm-hmm. And my local shop had like 50 of them. Right. <laughs> and he finally just like was like, I can't, I don't know what to do these things. And then somewhere in the, like, the late 80s, he threw them all out. Right. Well, now all like the all the vintage whatever air cooled nine eleven and two thousand and two guys are trying to put the two thousand two TIIs back to their original mechanical fuel injection for like car shows. Right. Those kits are worth like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. You have fifty of you fill the dumpster with uh, all these pumps and manifolds yeah. and the whole kits. He's like, that was like a couple hundred thousand dollar mistake. Yeah, well, so... But no one wanted it, because it was, like, new tech that was, like, worse than old tech. Right. Right? And now the new tech's still better than that was the old new tech. I'm just mm-hmm. having some fun with words. Wait, right. And and so what we're looking at here is everything that comes along that's new tech has a little bit of a uh, a cost, personally, associated with learning to deal with it or learning to work with it or whatever. And, and you got to ask yourself, is this particular new tech... Uh, does it give me enough uh, return on investment to actually say, here's something I want to invest my time in learning this? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Some would argue that it's done by design to keep people going to the dealers, to keep all the work within the manufacturer. So they keep changing the tech and keep evolving so you can't actually buy enough equipment 
to stay current with all the vehicles. Whereas the manufacturers can afford that, mm-hmm. and it's designed to keep, like such as Apple. You used to be able to repair mm-hmm. all the machines. Now you can't repair earbuds, you can't repair anything, and the new iPads yeah. and iPhones yeah. have sensors in them that basically know what they're all connected to with serial numbers, on, not unlike... Um, the uh, anti-theft keys, right? Where the key matches ignition, matches the computer, matches whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you start to like swap parts on the newer Apple products, mm-hmm. they know they're not aligned. Even if you bought a factory original part and hooked it up, because the serial numbers aren't in the central computer, right? Right. Are Are you familiar with any of the stuff with uh, that the the farmers are having trouble with? Oh, the John Deere stuff. Ooh. Whoa, what a nightmare. Yeah, this is a Same new tech, sort of old thing. tech problem that is huge. Yeah, no, this is actually something I'm kind of, I'm not a farmer and whatever, but this pisses me off. Right. So like, to, a lot. To recap for our listeners. The yeah, do ba- your thing, Anders. Basic concept is, uh, just like all of our cars, all the tractors have a bunch of computers in them. And uh, the issue is uh, all of the you know the firmware inside is is locked up so it's like uh the equivalent is sort of saying uh it's not jailbroken like a phone you you can't like connect to it and you know get the get the readouts so the the problem is uh, we are you know farmers have always been a fairly uh, industrious and self-reliant group you know stuff breaks and they fix it right there in the field and so when you have a problem you know like bill saying things that get reset like maybe you had a hydraulic pump that broke and and you fixed the part and refilled it and it's like i'm not going to start until you go to the factory dealer and have them reset that pump and have it recalibrate itself and no one else can do that and it is illegal like lawsuits right Similar to like the batteries in the new cars, they have to like code the battery to the car. Right. I don't totally understand that, but fine. But it's like almost like they have like RFID chips on like the alternators or something. Like you can't like change a power steering pump on a John Deere. I'm, I'm, my understanding of the articles I've read, it's like you can't change simple mechanical things. And the computer knows you've like disconnected the part, mm-hmm. put it back on, and needed to re. It's almost like. The hydraulic fluid cap has a thing. Oh, you took the cap off. Yeah. Well, you got to go back Shut to the dealer down. and coat it because yeah. you might not have refilled it properly. I don't, I don't know how this is. The article basically said that the, the farmers can't really even touch the basic stuff. You might even be able to take a wheel off and change a tire and put the wheel back on. Right. But absent that, you touch anything else. And yeah, like they're, they're the, locked out of a lot of their The systems. computer knows that you've mm-hmm. tried to swap a part. Yeah, so that's a definitely a thing where like, oh, look, look at all this new tech. Look how more efficient it has made the process. And it has, but it has come with this cost of you guys can't fix this stuff anymore. I, mean, I know the argument is that if they can keep all the service fees and all the quality control within the dealer network, they can reduce the costs of the vehicles because there's like, you know, but I don't buy that. Like if the guy can't change his alternator on his tractor, do our tractors even have alternators? Oh, sure. Yeah. Do they have like, they have everything. Like stators or generators or they're not like. Tractors got HD TV and GPS. Yeah, I've seen those actually, right? Like you just, you set the GPS coordinates on your home computer and load it up in your tractor and yeah. like go out there and drink some beers and think plows the field. Yeah. 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 Not much unlike me on a Saturday night. Ah. <laughs> I was just joking. Sorry, that's bad. Wait. There you go. We're learning. We got this new awesome road. Uh, um, Procaster and whatever. Anyway, so 
So uh, new tech, old tech. Yeah, it, it it's. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for for anyone to say. Well, maybe maybe some people are definitely on one side. Uh, I, oh God, yeah, save the manuals. Yeah, save the manuals. There are people who don't care as long as the car's got a manual gearbox and a clutch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I care anymore. Uh well, so here's the thing. It's fun. Let's go back to the VCR. I was young. It was only the second VCR I've ever seen. My dad was like, I've seen a hundred machines in my life. This one will come and go. I'm not so worried. <laughs> you know? And so, you know. Why he like, didn't bother to learn the clock. He's like, yeah, yeah. you deal with that. Yeah, it's yeah. really not that relevant as, in the grand scheme as, of life. As, as long as one of my children has figured out the clock, then I will just be able to have my children do that. Right. So, so Interesting. Uh, so I think that it, uh, some of it is, uh, you know, the freshness, the exposure, and you know we're old men, ah. yeah, we're, forty-six. Yeah, here. you know we're we're out of high school, and so <laughs> we we aren't new tech everything. So I think the more tech you've seen come and leave, then uh, the more the more you're you're pro new tech because as as a as a younger kid, all you've ever seen is new tech show up. You have not yet experienced new tech becoming old tech and leaving. Whoa. Whoa. So this is like the... Boom. Uh, right, but it's like, okay, boomer, right? Yep. Boom. So <laughs> you just said? Yeah. Boom. Okay, boomer. All right? But I mean, honestly, like that generation is where we were with the clock on the VCR. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let me ask you a question. What in automotive do you like that is old tech? Uh, or do you like anything that's old tech? Other than just like the style and the romance and the fun of ripping like an old manual gearbox to the mountains, which we all love. Or a motorcycle, ripping it fully analog through the dirt, through the mountains, all that. But what parts of automotive were, is the old tech better than the new tech? You know, or is there not any? I, I think that one thing I do really like about old tech, I'll go, I'll go to my my dual sport bike. Is if I'm, you know, like on a kind of somewhat precarious, you know, mountainy road, and it's like a climb uphill, and it's you know a, a dirt road, and it's again, you know, like I got a ravine that's kind of washed out on on one track, and I just like, <laughs> you know, I, I stand up and I get over the pegs and I kick down the thing two gears and I just throttle it, and I just know that that back tire is directly connected to the engine and it is going to spin and throw rocks, <laughs> which is exactly what I need at this second. Like I don't need a computer to second guess that if I'm not actively shooting stones out of my butthole, I'm going <laughs> to die. Right. This is a decision I'm making right now. So I'm like, crank, crank, wrap. <laughs> and that's what needs to happen. And that is like the most visceral kind of feeling of like, this machine is doing what I need it to do. And it's not trying to second guess me. That's my probably my favorite old tech. And so what I hear on the end of that is it's not trying to second guess you. Mm-hmm. And there's parts where we're more knowledgeable, more wise, even if we're older than the technology. And when the technology maybe puts handcuffs or water wings on us, remember water wings? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you can't really swim with water wings. No, can't you, surf with water wings. You cannot drown. But you cannot drown. And so when the technology gives us water wings, it prevents us from doing basically anything else. Right. Maybe it's bad. It's going to be great for 98.5% of the people 
all the time. Which isn't us and or probably the people listening to our podcast. Right, right. So, I mean, that, that's where you have to say, like, you know, what is, who's the target audience and who's using it and, and what does it mean for me? So. And hopefully you can turn it off. Like, wouldn't it be great if there'd be, like, a code? Like, you go through a whole process and you, like, submit something and you're like, I have race licenses and they uh-huh. give you a code and you type it into the car like the old car stereo codes. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, all your electronic nannies are gone. Yeah. You've signed liability waivers. You've sent them into, like, BMW or Porsche. And you're like, I accept my risk. I have trained driver schools. I have racing licenses. Give me my goddamn code. I'm Turn worthy. Turn this crap off. I'm worthy. I can drive a car. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. It would be. In a, in a weird way. Yeah. Sign the liability. Sign all the stuff like we do when we go to racetracks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So old tech, new tech. That's your only really, I mean, I can't actually think of something where I like old tech. Headlights are better with new tech, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Steering, maybe old tech. Yeah. Tires, new tech. Mm-hmm. Brakes, new tech. Yeah. Electronics and stereo, new tech. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go racing, old tech because of motor swaps. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Motorcycles, old tech, old tech, old tech, until you're like in the Ducati with all your like cool stuff. <laughs> New tech. Yep. Right? Uh, what else do we miss? Uh, VCRs. VCRs. Yeah. Old tech? Well, no tech because... <laughs> I, I thought CD players were like, we're going to have CDs forever. Yeah, no. I didn't know we'd be doing MP3s. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you can't even hold an MP3. Nope, I don't right. know. It's in the cloud. <laughs> right. Is it raining on me? Is it raining MP3s? Are soon where our, cloud, where our cars be in the cloud soon? Uh, well, like Tesla, sure. They're getting cloud updates. They're getting live updates over the air. I just and, meant like, well, someone drops some cloud hologram vehicle with a bunch of anti-gravity stuff, and we sit in like a fictitious thing with spaceship shields around it like Star Wars. And is it, that going to be so different from a self-driving car? Or more precisely, a self-driving Uber kind of situation? I'm not, I would love those. I would love to be able to go out and like go drinking with my friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Think about what a self-driving Uber might look Climb like. Climb into the back seat. Would it even look like a car? No, that's what a lot of the future stuff is. It could just be a box. Yeah. Like I could have a living room in it, a big screen TV. Like the latest episode <laughs> of uh, Watchmen came out on HBO. Uh-huh. Like we could go to dinner. Yeah. You head to the airport. I climb my box and turn on Watchmen. Uh-huh. Wasted. Don't even realize I'm in a car. Uh-huh. Watch a movie. It kicks you out, and you're like, oh, Thing I'm home. It takes me home, and it's like, you're home, Bill. Get out of your box. Go to your other box. I mean, the only Go thing to your after bigger that box. is, like, transporting. Like, oh, yeah, see you. And I get the thing, like, remember for the fly? That's it definitely new tech. Home. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to keep all my, my DNA. I like it. Yep. I like the DNA I have. Okay, so old tech, new tech. Uh, on this note, what's your favorite old tech car? Uh, I mean, geez. I mean, just pick one. We're not going to judge I mean, you. the first one that comes to mind is Lancia. <laughs> Lance Which Stratos. One? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Uh first old tech porter favorite old tech motorcycle. Um I'm thinking like some kind of old Indian, maybe. Okay, cool. And then what's your favorite piece of new technology for automotive? For automotive, new tech? Uh I mean I'd I'd probably go with uh the cruise control. No, uh actually uh I think cameras. Yeah. Like 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 the ones you have cameras all the way around and you can actually, it looks like you're looking from the top of the vehicle. 
it, it's not as useful as the range adaptive uh, cruise control stuff, but I'd say that's pretty neat. Especially on a safety factor. Well, on a, I, just on a G-Wiz factor. I got hit by a car as a kid. There's a car backing out of the driveway. It smoked me, like, hard. Like, going to the Honk. hospital. Yeah. If they had cameras, I would have gotten hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. So, yeah, so cameras and new tech. All right. All new right, tech, Bill. old tech, Anders Green. Thank you very much. Glad to be here, Bill. Yeah, it's fun. I appreciate the honesty. It's a, it's a, <laughs> I mean, look, a lot of people couch their, you know, they kind of, you know, back off. Because it's like, you know, we don't want to necessarily admit that we like the tech. Yeah, I got it no make, problem with that. It makes our life easier. Yeah. And uh, for everyone out there, you should probably go find a VCR and learn how to set the clock. 